0: WXGI Richmond, WTPS.
1: Welcome to the following presentation from Richmond Sports Properties. And thanks for listening to Spider Athletics on 99.5 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN.
0: Your exclusive radio home for Richmond Spiders basketball. It's the best part of Monday. Time to talk University of Richmond Basketball. This is Behind the Web with Head Coach Chris Mooney. Plus your texts, emails, and tweets. Tonight's show is brought to you by
1: Lux Chevrolet, CarMax, Bright Sweet, Food Lion, and by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804 638 9508 email behind the web at richmond.edu or on twitter using at spider voice at richmond athletics or at espn richmond now here's the voice of the spiders bob black with coach mooney this is behind the web on espn richmond and the spider sports network from learfield img
2: college pass is knocked away by burton he races it after it takes it to the basket tomahawk slam by tyler burton Burton with 15, he got the steal and the stuff. Kale inside the arc with the dribble. Backs in on Menenga to the basket, into the corner. Driving baseline is golden to Kale, right down the middle of the lane for two for Nathan Kale. At a one point game again, five to shoot. Gilliard drives between the leg dribble. Off to Francis at the shot clock, buzzer, good for three by Blake Francis to give Richmond a six point lead with 46 seconds to go. And here we go. We are back with Behind the Web, our first edition of 2021. We thank you for joining us on a Monday night. Bob Black with you here. Greg Beckwith co-hosting along with Spider head coach Chris Mooney. Our special player guest coming up at the bottom of the hour tonight will be Spider's senior guard, all-conference standout, Jacob Gilliard. Would love for you to interact with us as well. As a reminder, behind the web at richmond.edu. If you want to type us out an email, text us as well, 804-638-9508. 804-638-9508. You can follow us on Twitter also as another way to interact with the program we'll get you caught up on everything that is richmond basketball we haven't been on the air with this show since the middle of december we took a couple of weeks off over the holidays and now back at you just about every monday night pending schedules through the remainder of the college basketball season uh good evening coach Mooney. hope you are doing well and hope you and the guys uh got back out on the court today and started to look forward to the rhode island game on wednesday night
3: Hey Bob, how are you? Um, yeah, we we uh, had a good, good, really good workout today. Good practice. Um, you know, obviously we had off yesterday, and the guys aren't back in school. Uh, guys aren't. I'm sorry, they're not back in class yet. Uh, but we had a good workout today, and really looking forward to the game on on Wednesday.
2: Chris, I know it's just a small sample size of of two Atlantic Ten games, but having said that, are you seeing some common denominators yet? Really, as you just focus. On your team, close win at Davidson, close loss, St. Bonaventure. I think you could argue the games were even closer than the close final scores indicated and things that you're saying to your guys, hey, here's what we're good at right now, but here's where we need to get better to be even more successful in conference play.
3: For sure. I think that, um, you know, obviously uh, I was really impressed with both teams as I, I kind of, uh, anticipated, I would be. Um, I think Bonaventure was, was probably a little bit picked, maybe a little bit higher, but I, I thought I think Davidson's very good. You know, great length, um, improved players, and obviously a great system. And similar with Bonaventure, you know, now they have um, you know similar to us last year, tons of upperclassmen, but juniors, uh, a great coach and system. And I, I thought I thought both games were physical. I thought both games were very competitive. And, you know, that that's, that's conference basketball. You know, when you have, you're more familiar with one another, you know, the scouting report are, is not new for anybody. Uh, and it just creates, um, you know, high level com- in terms of competition, high level competitive basketball. And, uh, yeah, I, I think there are some things that we can do better, um, you know, I feel like we haven't shot the ball that well yet this year. Um, you know, we've we've had spurts. I feel like more than spurts. I feel like this about our whole team. We've had great halves of basketball. You know, first half of Loyola and, and Vanderbilt, second half of Kentucky, second half of Northern Iowa. I, I don't think we've had a, a great game yet. I don't think we've had a great shooting game yet. Um, uh, which I think comes. I think we're a good shooting team. Um, but but we really haven't shot that well yet so that's something that i i know will improve upon as as the year goes on uh and then you know our our uh defensive rebounding was much improved last year uh, and but i think that really needs to be that needs to be better there were uh, there were too many we, we even got some offensive rebounds yesterday in the second half and those offensive rebounds for us could have been the difference. Uh, But unfortunately we gave away a couple of offensive rebounds at the other end that, that proved to be tough to overcome.
2: This might be a better question to ask a coach who has a less experienced, less veteran team than we have at Richmond, but having played relatively significantly less non-conference games to prep for conference play, noticing any difference because of that because just of the number of preseason non-conference games that were played to prepare a team for conference games night in and night out
3: yeah a hundred percent i i feel like um you know and now everybody has this has not everybody has the exact same thing this year uh, but nobody has had enough conference games or you know to feel comfortable with it um but yeah i i do notice a big difference and and i think you know we we tried to play a a really, really great schedule, and, and I think when that's a positive. But I think that makes it harder for you know when when you have a when you have a couple of games during the non-conference schedule that that you know you're you're going to be a favorite, and you go into the game and you play well, and for whatever reason you're you're better. That gives you a chance to do some other things, get guys rest, uh, which is good for those players. Get up younger guys opportunities, which is great for those guys. Uh, and then go through uh, you know you might you might be able to not shoot well and win or not do something really well and, and win I think given given that all of our games um, you know were I thought really good opponents that really presses your team and I think that uh, for in our in our case that has what has really shown up uh, that there have been really really good teams at a high level of competition which we want uh, but I think that 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 makes it that much more
4: challenging. Uh, do you think teams have home court advantage this year without the fans being there? Bob and I made a comment uh, during the last game against St. Bonaventure. It was a great game and just the atmosphere without the fans was great. Could you imagine the atmosphere we said with 7,000 fans at the Robinson Center screaming?
3: Yeah, for sure. Beck. I, I mean, I, that's probably, I'm sure it's, that's, uh, you know, such a change and difficult for the guys. And, I, I do think there's certainly less. It'd be interesting to see after some more games are played what the record, the road records are for teams, and um, you know if it's closer to 500 than than it would be on a typical year. Um, because yeah, I I think that it's you know it's a shame because you know there's a team, especially that we have that's exciting. There are guys, very familiar faces, guys who the spider fans really love, and so. Uh, You know, that would have been uh, a sold-out game, two great teams, and it made it that much better. So uh, there's certainly less of a a home court advantage for for sure. Um, But I think that, uh, you know, again, I guess that evens out. I guess that evens out. And uh, it'll be interesting as we move forward uh, just how everybody feels with that. And, uh, again, as I said, if the road records are closer to – Five hundred. That that'll really make it interesting. Looking around the country and, and the conference as to uh, the races and whatnot.
4: Yeah. Uh, what about what are your thoughts about the this back to back games? I think Duquesne did it at George Washington. I know the CAA's doing. Even the NBA guys are doing it now. So, what's your thoughts? I thought it was a little strange to play back to back as Duquesne did.
3: Yeah, you know what? Back, so this, I, I I don't think anybody all know this. But I, I mentioned this to the guys today when, when we spoke. You're right. Uh, George Washington and Duquesne did go, did play back to back. Well, the Patriot League, I believe, is doing it for the entire conference season. So uh, the first night of a back to back, Army played Colgate. Uh, the game was, I believe the game was at West Point. And in the, I'm sorry, the game was at Colgate. The first night, Colgate won 101-57. to 57. That was Saturday. On Sunday, Army won the game 75-73. You know, a 60-point turnaround. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's incredible. That's I'm sorry, not a 40-point turnaround. One day to the next. And I think that's college sports. That's college basketball especially. Um, well, I don't know how they got to 101, but... <laughs> You know, maybe they made their first eight threes and the game was never close. You turn around the next day and the team beats you. So I, I don't like it because I don't think that it's um, it's so different. Uh, I think that just the chance of splitting is so high. Uh, I hope we're not in a position to have to do it. You know, I'd rather play uh, I'd rather play back-to-back nights but different opponents like a tournament setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope that we don't necessarily get to the part that, that we have to do it and Uh, But, you know, it certainly could happen. Uh, I I would not be in favor of it.
2: Catch it up with Spider-Head Coach Chris Mooney. Really amazing results there that that Chris just mentioned. Behind the web at richmond.edu. If you want to email us, eight zero four six three eight nine five zero eight. If you want to text us, and yeah, I mean the spiders go to Davidson, win on the road. I think you even alluded to it on the postgame, Chris, that you know when Davidson made their run, it still felt like a run, even though there weren't five thousand screaming people at you in the building. And then St. Bonaventure turns around and wins at Richmond on Saturday. So I do think when we look at those numbers, they're going to be a lot different home and away than we've seen, uh, obviously in years gone by. Let's break these down just a, a little bit here in our first segment. Uh, um, of, of behind the web the, the Davidson win we talked about this Chris but uh real I thought Blake Francis just made a couple of tremendous plays in that game one we expect him to make right where he hits that three-pointer at the shot clock buzzer we've come to see him do that did it in the Bonnie game as well at the end of the first half uh, and then the pass he made I, I still go back to this play uh, and I think we played it on the on the on the open tonight to to uh, Nathan Kao. I feel like Blake has kinda of raised his game a little bit when it comes to distributing the basketball and we don't talk about that with him very much.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think Blake is a I mean, I think he's a good decision maker. And so, um, you know, he's he's a very aggressive player as we know and uh, you know, he he's committed to scoring on the opponent. You know, that's something that's really in his makeup. Uh, reminds me of of, of David Gonzalez in that way. Um but yeah, I, I think he I think he is a good passer. I think it's something that we talked about in the off season, um, just you know, being being a little bit of a playmaker. Obviously, Jacob is a, an excellent playmaker, uh, but but Blake can also make good decisions and make good reads, and his aggressiveness helps him in that in that respect uh, because he draws attention with how committed he is to driving or how how hard he's going in there. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I and I thought that play was was huge too, Bobby's He's driving in a little bit late in the shot clock and there's contact and he's, uh, you know, strong enough and heady enough to flip that ball to Nate, who makes a really nice cut uh, to toward the middle of the lane. So I thought that was a really big play. And, you know, I thought down the stretch, we, we executed very well. To be honest, in in the Bonaventure game, I thought we executed well too. When we, when we tied the game, we came out of a timeout and, uh, you know, we, we moved the ball around and then, and then attacked, you know, uh, to, to get Grant to the free throw line, um, and, but I thought we handled that well. I think it's a veteran team, and we we're able to execute pretty much what, what we wanted to do down the stretch of both games. Um, you know, of course, it, the, the Bonaventure game did not go our way.
2: Well, let me ask you a couple questions about that. with it not going our way in the Bonnie game? And again, Blake was involved in, in both of them. Uh, and I, I could hear you this ringing in my head from you all the time, Chris. That you said, "Hey, you can play great defense." And the ball's still going to go in the basket. Was that the case on that last play? It looked like Blake got a hand up into Lofton's face as he took a deep three-pointer.
3: Yeah, you know. Uh, so they ran um, an action uh, where where they, you know, they're they're acting like they're going to set a guard to guard screen. So Jacob was on Lofton, and then they act like they're going to set this guard to guard screen, and the guy who's setting it slips out to you know a little bit to the left of the top of the key and we switched that so we now had Blake on him so we were we were comfortable with both those guys guarding him you know and and at that point in the season Lofton was 0 for 2 from 3 on the game and I think 1 for 12 on the season Mm -hmm. um so now we I think Lofton probably had you know the freedom to to drive or shoot or pass in that situation um so I, I thought Blake did. I thought he contested the shot well. We watched it a couple of times, uh, you know, on, uh, on Saturday night and, and yesterday. I thought he contested the shot well. And, um, especially for a guy, you know, he's guarding a guy who's a better driver, uh, and contested the shot well. And he, he made a he made a big time shot. You know, it would be really unusual and, you know, to, to double team, uh, a point guard in the middle of a court like that with no ball screen. Uh, to get the ball out of his hands. You know, and that's something you might consider. And that's what's tricky, too, when the game is tied. You know, if we if we have, a, uh, especially a two- or three-point lead, it it's probably plays out a little bit differently. But, you know, he probably feels more comfortable shooting a three, even though he had only had one on the season, because the game's tied and there's, there's not as much of a downside. You know, if he misses, they, the game more than likely goes to overtime. So I thought we defended it well, and, you know, he made a big-time shot.
2: seconds still remained, and I've watched you guys practice this over and over again where you put three seconds on the clock or six seconds on the clock, and you're down three or you're up a couple, and you want to keep the ball away from the other team, and this seemed to be one of those perfect scenarios. How did that last play unfold from what you saw? Obviously, Blake, it was a very contested three-pointer. Were were there other options that that could have been available, Chris, uh, off of that play with 2.8 seconds to go?
3: Yeah. So usually, when or most of the time when we practice that, uh, the ball is going to Tyler. And part of the reason it's going to Tyler is he's a, a bigger target and and can shoot over a, a taller defender. I thought we executed well. Perfect pass by Nate. Uh, you know, I like considered if we if we completed the pass to call timeout on the catch. So then you know then maybe there's two point two seconds and you have the ball on the side. Um. And, you know, especially considering that, that Tyler is out of the game because uh, of fouls. Um, so we, we considered that. Uh, we, we thought maybe uh, Os- Osuni made a good play in that. We, we ran guys off of Blake, and Osuni kind of stayed there, and he really contested the shot, Bob. He really contested the shot, uh, if you know what I mean. And uh, I, I thought maybe Blake would be able to dribble a little bit to more – Just some free space. He still would have been, you know, 25, 28 feet out. But dribble a little bit more to some free space. But since Osuni stayed there, it created a little bit of a wall and he had to try a really difficult shot. But in terms of getting the ball to where we wanted to and, you know, getting the ball in the hands of Blake, I thought thought we did a pretty good job there.
2: Uh, And then I think I also heard you say that Tyler Burton got whistled for five fouls, didn't necessarily have five fouls. Maybe. Maybe I misheard you, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sometimes the
3: connection is not great.
2: Exactly. This virtual world, this day and age, sometimes the connection's not not great. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Beck's got a couple more questions for you. We got some emails and some text, and Jacob Gilliard coming up at the bottom of the hour as well. First segment behind the web for a Monday night, ninety nine five one zero two seven ESPN, your home of the spiders.
1: And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! A study says that soft talkers do not make great radio personalities. We asked local librarian Steve Sage about this, and here's what he said.
5: Honestly, I don't buy it. I think I make very captivating radio.
1: Also in Obvious News, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to manage your policy with the Geico app. So switching is a really smart decision. How does Steve feel about this? I love the Geico app. I use it all the time. That's Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! Hindsight
0: is 2020. 2020 was a brutal year with a lot we couldn't control. Pandemic, economy, unemployment. What can we control? Our job. Our career. In 2020, My Computer Career helped more people start IT careers than ever. Don't look back with 2020 hindsight next year and see yourself in that 2020 job. Take control. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu.
1: If we learned anything in 2020, it's that life is unpredictable. There are some things that you just can't control. All the more reason why you need to appreciate and hold tight those special people in your life, that relationship you know you can count on no matter what. At Diamonds Direct, your love is our passion. Your relationship is why we exist, and we stand ready to help you create those memorable moments in 2021 that celebrate and solidify those unbreakable bonds. Our selection of precious rare diamonds has never been greater, from a simple one-carat princess cut to a breathtaking 10-carat round brilliant. We have your perfect diamond in stock every day at the guaranteed best value price in America. And even in unpredictable times, Diamonds Direct's commitment to you will never waver we promise the largest selection the highest quality the best value the strongest warranties and the most unforgettable experience so as life gets back to normal this new year remember cling to the ones you adore by showing them how much they mean to you and we'll always be here to help diamonds direct sure pump west broad village We're your
6: home for Richmond Spiders basketball with every game live right here, 99.5 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN.
0: The timeout's over. Now, more behind the web on 99.5 and 1027 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Spiders Sports Network.
2: Here's a steal by K.O. who saves it to Francis. The Spiders come to offense. Angle pass left to Burton. Drives into the lane. Pull up 15. Footer swish by Tyler Burton to give the Spiders the lead. Bob and with you on Behind the Web with Spider head coach Chris Mooney. Jacob Gilliard will join us in about uh, 10 or 12 minutes or so.
4: Greg Beckwith. Yeah, Coach. Talk about the contrasting styles with Davidson versus Saint Bonnie. You know, Davidson, when you look at their team, they shoot a lot of threes. You had to prepare to defend the three. And then St. Bonnie coming in to the game the other day, shooting only twenty nine percent, but a lot of driving guys who take you off the dribble. Can you talk about how the prep work is done for one game versus the other?
3: Yeah, uh for sure. You know, both really good, uh, obviously successful programs and, and both great styles. Um you know Davidson. Um, you know is you know is a, such a flowing, um, great basketball style. Always skillful guys, and I, I think they shoot three. They recruit guys who can shoot threes, but they're out. And then their offense also matches how they're trying to play. So there's constant movement, and you know what they really capitalize on is. Uh, <laughs> You know, you, you need to. You can't guard every single uh, screen or cut the same exact way um, because they, when they they're in even more of a rhythm. So you're trying to mix up, uh, but they really get you if you're not alert, and they can wear you down by continuing to run their offense. And what I would say is they're very comfortable shooting the ball in transition or shooting the ball at the shot clock buzzer. They're just very comfortable continuing to move. Cape Bonaventure, really big playbook. Um, They run a lot of really, really good sets, and they're they're well-timed. So as opposed to it just continuing to move fluidly, they run really good sets that are really well-timed. So just as somebody is screening out on the right side, you know the action they really want on the left side is happening, so it takes away some of that help because the the two guys are occupied on the right-hand side. And they really have... uh, Good timing on that. You know they have a great guard, so they're comfortable with having hit with the ball in his hands, and he you know he plays forty minutes a night, uh, making those decisions and and protecting the ball while while the, the action's going on. So that really and then and then what they really try to do is they do try to put their guys in position to drive the ball um, with the with the best opportunities being successful, and they did a they did a good job. I, I thought that we. You know, a couple of things that we, we had prepared for we didn't execute as well in, in letting them drive to the basket. Uh, and then a couple of things, you know, when they're relentless like they are about trying, uh, you know, and, and kind of it seemed like all their guys were like six five, besides a Uh When they're relentless like that, you know, they, they they get contact. They get themselves to the free throw line. They they, they continue to wear you down in that way. So
4: really different, uh, but both
3: great styles and a great way to um, – Great
4: way to attack. Well, I know a lot of the teams have feel the same about the spiders and, and how we attack them as well. So uh, it's a little compliment to you and how you've set the system up. But one of the things I like about our system, coaches, you got a big guy can handle the ball. He's look. He's very efficient right now on the offense. Talk about Grant Golden uh, and his play right now. He's been very efficient, shoot almost sixty percent from the field right now, and a very good passer.
3: Yeah, you know. Um uh, you, you know, Grant, he's great, and and uh, you know, we had, we knew Bonney's was going to double him, and so he's he's, you know, in in these two games, Davidson, I wouldn't say outright double teamed them too often, but they really paid so much attention to him, uh, you know, and, and and and, you know, what we call surrounding the post player or made the lane very tight. Um, and then against Bonnie's, they they doubled just about every time it went in, just about every single time it went into the post, uh, which we had anticipated. You know, and uh, unfortunately, it played out very similar to last year, where, where they doubled them also. In that, we took a few more threes than we usually take. You know, partly as a response to the double team of Crane uh, and Nathan, uh, and that's often what you're going to get out of a double team. That that as the other team rotates, you, you're you're going to get. Uh, three point shots, not always, and, and we certainly don't want to always shoot them. And we didn't shoot a good percentage. Um, and you know, if if you make a few of those threes, it not only gives you points on the scoreboard, but it makes it makes Saint Bonaventure reconsider whether they want a double Grant. And then he has the opportunity to score a little bit and uh, maybe puts makes them to be, a uh, uh, you know, be, be in a reactionary, you um, know, in a reactionary mode. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't shoot the ball great, and I thought I think we took 24 threes, which is a couple more than probably we usually take. Um, uh, but I I do think that you know m- most of them were, were very good shots, and 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 many of them were very makeable, and we, we just didn't didn't shoot as well. And, and with that, we we still tie the game there with 20 seconds to go, and uh, have a chance and and a couple different ways to win the game.
2: Behind the web at richmond.edu, 804-638-9508 is our text line if you'd like to interact with us, questions and comments on the program. Uh, Jacob Gilliard coming up after the break here at the bottom of the hour. Before we get to that, Chris, uh, any update that you care to share on Andre Gustafson, obviously having missed the last two games, certainly made for a different rotation for you and and a thinner bench for the Spiders.
3: Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, Andre today, he didn't practice, but he did. Uh, he was in for rehab a couple of times. Um, had some things on the floor with Adam Smith, um, you know, working on just as many ways as we can. It's it's, it's tricky because it's a groin injury and you want to, um, you know, you want to stress it to a certain extent, but then it needs to rest to recover so that you can stress the muscle again or the, the area again. Um, so, i would list them same thing as as probably a game time decision for wednesday um and uh we're hopeful that he can come back you know uh, it's as i said it's 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 stunning to go i believe the deepest team we ever had uh maybe the 2010 team was deeper or or as deep uh to to a team that's you know that's that has lost three of those three of those important pieces of depth so Hopefully we'll have him back because we we all know how valuable he is and how, how much he helps our team. I think all of us that were, the few
2: of us that were in the building on Saturday, and I think John O'Connor may have tweeted out a picture just looking over there on the sideline and seeing, you know, Nick Sherrod with his crutches and Connor Crabtree with the little scooter and, and Andre in street clothes, and to your point, Chris, you just kind of shake your head and are like, wow, look at all that talent that is not at our disposal that we thought we'd have at our disposal. I know you can't feel sorry for yourself. You look around the Atlantic 10, the rosters are changing everywhere, but still, that's kind of a hard thing to swallow, I think.
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, one, you feel for the guys, especially Nick, with a with a, a season-ending injury, and um, and but you also, you know, we we recognize, and those guys have done it in college, you know, and that, that's probably what's what's hard is that if uh, any of those guys would be capable of starting and playing a thirty-five minute you know, 35 minutes or 30 minutes in a game. Uh, but we need to, you know, you have to uh, You have to address what you can, what's right in front of you, and um, we're going to help Andre as much as we can to get back. And in, in the meantime, we're going to try to expand the, the guys' times who are coming in and, and, and play as well as we possibly can with everybody who plays.
2: Hey, let me slide one email question in because it's somewhat along these lines. Then we'll get to the break and Jacob, uh, will join us because obviously what Andre and Connor and Nick can provide now is, is moral support on the bench, that kind of thing. Uh, email question from Pete, uh, have seen recently how important the bench is to bringing energy, enthusiasm to games with no fans in arenas. I've seen it at Rutgers at Maryland, Maryland at Wisconsin. How would you say your guys have been, maybe from a leadership standpoint on the bench of guys like Jordan Cately and uh, Sully Kuliu and the rest of the guys, including the three that we were just talking about, and how important it may be to your guys?
3: Sure. I would say it's even more important now, you know, like you said. Um, And there's more on it for them. I I think that, um, you know, over the years I've spoken to the guys that I I didn't want to have the choreographed, like, bow and arrow three point shot celebration from those guys. And I've always told them the reason I I don't want them to do like, um, you know, patty cake or, or, or that kind of, those kind of scripted things is because those guys are good basketball players who really compete every day at basketball. And I don't want them to be reduced to, uh, after the highlight, this guy's making the, the bullseye symbol or, or whatever, whatever it is that teams do. um, Having said that, they really do need to be into the game right now. Nick is great at it, uh, and those guys that you mentioned, Sullivan and Gately, uh, you know, to have seniors being over there doing it, and I think they're, I think they're really, really good. And I would say the one thing is those guys also they can't they can't let that uh, they can't let the game come to them in that in that respect. Like they need to jump on it. I I, I told them the one game I think. The Wofford game caught us by surprise. Their bench was really into the game. I think we started the game off 11-0, but their bench was really into the game. And I think we were just coming off of one day of prep, coming out of the quarantine, uh, that we were a little bit slow to start. But since then, I think we've been great, and especially those guys that you mentioned.
2: I can't help but laugh. We got a text with a question that I'll get to later in the show because we got to get to the break. But the last thing the texter wrote was We miss helping you, Coach Mooney, question some of the officials' calls. <laughs> <laughs> So your your fans would like to be there helping you in a certain way also. That's for sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. All take right, a break. We're right at the bottom of the hour behind the web. Bob Black, Greg Beckwith, Coach Chris Mooney coming up. Jacob Gilliard will join us for a segment as well, and then we'll get to some more of those texts and emails from our fans uh, on tonight's show. It's behind the web Monday night on 99.5, 1027 ESPN
0: buy your next truck from luck luck chevrolet in ashland has the redesigned 2021 tahoe and suburban ready for you to order and drive away for a smaller suv they also have the all-new trail blazer and the new blazer available in all-wheel or front-wheel drive let luck put their 100 years of experience to work for you visit them on route one in ashland online at luckchevrolet.com or call 798-9261 luck chevrolet since 1916
1: This season, there's one thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that and the great game day food. We can still celebrate big because I shop at Food Lion. Like topping my sliders with bacon and cheese, adding a twist to my
5: guac with roasted tomatoes, turning up the heat on my hot wings with jalapeno poppers on the side, and I'll pick up some treats
1: in the bakery. Food Lion's got the fun and affordable food you need to keep your game day spirit high. Because this is our home, and that's
0: our Food Lion progressive presents the sounds of the old world the year is 2019 and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium
1: excuse me excuse me oh sorry excuse me you mind if i just squeeze by here this has been the sounds of the old world
0: brought to you by progressive where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019
1: Quote today at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
4: Hey Richmond, this is Mike Greenberg and we're your home for championship radio with Central Virginia's most play-by-play year-round, 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
0: Let's get back to the show behind the web. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College and ESPN Richmond.
2: Roberts drives on Gilliard underneath the basket. Has it pinned up there by Grant Golden? And the Spiders come back to offense golden backdoor cut gilliard for the layup how about that sequence for grant golden the block at one end and the thread that he demands fast to mount's past and gilliard at the other to give the spiders the lead
4: tremendous play
2: gilliard for richmond at the three-point line to golden pushes it backdoor cut gilliard lay it up and in golden to gilliard
1: <laughs>
4: i just don't know how he got that ball <laughs> through there
2: they have been doing it together for a long, long time now. That's Grant Golden and Jacob Gilliard. We have had Grant on this program. We have had Jacob in years past, and he makes his first appearance with us during the 2020-2021 season. Good evening, Jacob. Thank you for joining us.
5: Appreciate you having me.
2: Um, let me start there. And Coach was just talking about Jacob Gilliard and Grant Golden and the combination. And what a great passer actually Grant Golden is. Um Talk about the combination between the two of you over the last several years and how it has come to where it is now, where we're no longer surprised that it's Gilliard to Golden as much as it is Golden to Gilliard. if that makes any sense, Jacob.
5: (laughs) No, I get what you're saying. Um, You know, we're roommates, and we've gotten really close over the years, uh, off the court for sure. But um, just on the court, you know, just starting to understand where, you know, where we're going to be, I think – overall he's just become such a such a really good passer um you know I, i've always tried to be a i've always tried to be a, a pretty good passer uh since i stepped on the floor uh since i got to campus but um you know looking at his development i think as a freshman he was more uh just more focused on scoring the ball um and just starting to understand the offense where i think he now he's really figured it out and figured out where where people are going to be open and um you know he's just he, I, I joke with him all the time, saying
2: he's the second best passer on the team. <laughs> uh, how much of you guys over the years, and I think you know Grant spoke to this, and and Chris certainly chime in here in a moment. Spoke to this a little earlier in the year when he had a few more turnovers than we're used to seeing Grant have coming on passes because you've been doing it so long and doing it together. Do you find yourselves maybe taking a chance or two? In a tighter window than you would normally, maybe make a pass. Greg Beckwith, obviously amazed on that one the other day that Grant made to you.
5: Um, I think he's earned that. Uh, I think he's earned that at least. Obviously, a couple games he's uh, probably turned it over a little more than we would have liked him to. Um, but just the willingness to pass, you know. Uh, I I think we we always preach to to throw people open. Um, so a lot of times it's it's not always on him. It's all, uh, sometimes it's on the cutter. Sometimes it's on him. Sometimes the defense just uh, reads it right. But, you know, I think he's he's earned it just because usually it does lead to a, a really good player and easy bucket for, for our team.
4: Jake, uh, how you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. good how are you? Good, good, good. Hey, quick question I have for you. You're a senior now, and leader on the team. Is there a different approach for you offensively, for each of these games going forward, do you pick and choose now, and when you want to get aggressive offensively, as far as scoring and passing? You talk about that as far as your approach to the game mentally now.
5: Um, I actually talked to coach a little bit about it today, um, and they've been on me to be more aggressive. Um, I think uh, last year I was I was a little bit more passive when we had Nick out there, um, and just trying to make sure everybody was getting touches and trying to put people in the right positions. Um, Whereas this year, I think I think I need to be a little more aggressive and look to get my own shot off, um, just because I think the defense will react to it a little more. But um, you know, usually to start off the games, I kind of just feel it out. I feel out uh, what's going to be open, um, how I can how I can set up other guys to get them going early, and then I try and pick and choose my spots. But I think um, these next couple, well, this last these next couple months that we have left, I think I need to approach it uh, just in attack mode. Uh, every time I I really catch the ball, I need to be trying to to make a play for myself
4: or somebody else. Well, speaking of that, you got a nice matchup uh, you and Fats Russell uh, coming up uh, Wednesday. Can you talk about that matchup? You guys are preseason all conference picks and great defensive players, and and really go at each other. Same similar size and and all that. So I know you're looking forward to that challenge. Talk about that challenge this week. Uh, it's, it's
5: been something that's uh, something that's been happening since you know since freshman year. Um, I think a lot of people talk about it just because we're we're both smaller guards, but um, you know it, it's exciting. I think anytime you get a chance to play against some of the the better players in the conference, especially usually your matchups. You know, anytime I get to play against uh, a really good guard in the conference, it, it's always exciting. It's always a challenge. Um, there's so many good guards in the conference, um, and he's one of them. So I'm excited. You know, he, he's a fast player. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say he's faster than me or anything like that, but. <laughs> But no, I'm definitely excited to, to, to get to, to get to go out there and compete with him one last time. Guards
2: that have been around for a while, not necessarily always matched up with you, but whether that's a Lofton at St. Bonaventure or Grady at Davidson, now you got uh, Russell coming in on Wednesday. That it does kind of get the juices flowing a little bit more because you guys have been battling each other for several years now.
5: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you know you you learn a lot of people's tendencies. Um, so you gotta see what what they've worked on in the off season and how they've gotten better, but, um, you know at the end of the day, it's Richmond versus Rhode Island. we're coming off a, off a loss, and we need to figure out how to get a win for sure.
2: Hey Chris, let me go back for just a moment uh Jacob's comments about you know both he and Grant golden. I think you've talked about this about earning some situations that they've been around long enough now that they've got a pretty good idea out there on the court. Is that fairly accurate assessment that when sometimes there's a turnover that maybe would have been better if he didn't throw that pass, he's earned the opportunity to maybe try and
3: make it happen uh for sure, uh, you know, I think especially. Well, for both guys, but especially Jacob, you know, his playmaking is such an important part of, of who we are. And, um, you know, to correct one pass that was thrown too high or too late or something like that, uh, you know, that wouldn't be worth taking away his aggressiveness or trying to get him to try those things. You know, I think that over the years we've been, we've had, we generally have had high assist numbers and low turnover numbers, um but you're not going to have zero turnovers and and the the fewer turnovers you have you know there's a, there's a number there that it gets so low that you start not having any assists either because guys are just playing a little bit too tight and i think you know most especially jacob we want him to you know you can't encourage him to be aggressive and then you know freak out over over a turnover um so yeah i think that more than enough and and also jacob sees a lot of things uh, you know, a lot more clear than anybody else. So we want them to try things, be be confident, be aggressive. And if it doesn't work out, we would actually really like them to try it again, to be honest. So that, that's kind of how we look at it.
2: Uh, hey, let me ask both you guys a question, and this actually comes uh, off of our our Twitter feed from, from Earl, who said, when someone gambles for a steal, so this is great for you, Jacob, whether it's you or, or Blake or somebody else going for a steal, and maybe you don't get it. Coach, I'll start with you do you do drills in practice to simulate that where it then becomes a five on four kind of situation defensively for the
0: spiders
3: yeah I, I wouldn't say well I don't well, I don't think we do a ton of drills uh, regardless but, or you know in all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. you know I think we do a lot of live play and when those situations show up we, we might address them mm-hmm. uh, but that is a good one and we've had you know to be honest with you in terms of uh for Jacob, I would say that, you know, if you're, if you're being honest, if you looked at the numbers, the ratio of times he gambles to when he to he actually steals it, it's a pretty good ratio. And so, to me, that makes it a little bit less of a gamble. Uh, now, of course, those situations do show up. Um, you know, we, we had one of those against... Um, Maybe Hofstra when when Crab poked the ball away uh, from the guard dribbling at half court, and we actually handled it great. I mean, next guy running at the dribbler, um, everybody rotating up, and you know the guy still makes a twenty-three foot shot that's contested. So it doesn't, you know, the, the result of the play doesn't always indicate how well you handled it. Uh, but I think those things do show up uh, in our practice, and when we when we're going live, uh, and scrambling is an important part of that. Uh, but again, I think, you know, I'm sure there have been times Jacob's gambled and not gotten it, but I would say for the amount of steals that he's had, that number is probably, that ratio is really good. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Leading the nation, all-time steals leader at Richmond. The numbers certainly back it up. Hey, Beck, let me ask you to comment on that though. And, and Jacob, you too. But let me start with you, Beck. I don't think you and I use that word gamble when we describe Jacob going for a steal anymore. I think there's enough instinct and headiness uh, from Jacob, an experience from Jacob Gilliard that I don't think I would consider or call these gambles that he's making anymore. Yes, no, Beck.
4: No, no he's always usually getting him, as coach said. <laughs> There's just rarely that he goes out. That's not even a gamble. Uh, Jacob is really calculated what he knows. He he has a great instinct for the ball and understands a lot of what the the offense is doing uh, of his opponents. And I, I haven't seen him uh, gamble and miss too often. So. Uh, I tease Jacob, I tease Bob all the time. I call him the you the Chief Stiller. And that, that's a big name because you're from the, you're a Chiefs fan and I'm a Stillers fan, so Chief Stiller. We can't throw the Eagles in there but Oh. Throw a cheese <laughs> <laughs> so, That's <laughs>
1: <Wow>.
4: <laughs> so, no, I, I think. Uh, Jay, well, I was going to ask you, Jake. Talk about Isaiah Wilson and mm. your mentoring him and how he's coming. Has to, he's coming along? And I know coaches said some really nice things about him as a guard, and especially with the injuries that we talked about earlier. You're mentoring him and bringing him along, as well as you and Blake talking to him and trying to bring him along.
5: Yeah, no, I mean Isaiah's a really good player. I think um, as far as talent and, and skill and just uh, ability to play basketball, he's he's, he's far far along. Um, I definitely think you know he, just based on that, he could he could play right away. Um, but I think the thing that he's struggling with a little bit is just the, the mental aspect of the game, uh, as a lot of freshmen do. Um, but I think just just trying to make sure that he knows, you know, uh, that he's getting better. Just trying to make sure that he gets better every day. I'm um, just trying to approach it the right way. I think he's, uh, he's a, he has a good personality, uh, but I think when it comes to basketball, he has he has a really good approach to it, and just trying to understand the game, and, and he, he wants to learn and get better, which is which is huge, um, you know. So just trying to trying to help him bring along or help bring him along for sure. Um, seeing the the game the way I do, uh, I think it's a little different for for a lot of people. I I, I kind of make smart remarks to him in that aspect and trying to help him bring help them bring along. But,
4: um, you know, it's, it's all in good nature. Coach, I had said uh, on door to broadcast, it's, it's really tough when you talk about the bench players and you want to keep them engaged. It's a fine line of pulling them and not when to, when to take them out and keep them in there, even when they make a mistake. Talk about the, the toughness of when to pull them, when not to, and, and trying to keep them engaged and their confidence level up.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, just, just what um, Bob had asked earlier, uh, you know, if Jacob and uh, Jacob or Grant makes a mistake or a turnover, you know, usually I'm clapping, saying, hey, you know, you can't worry about that. you got to get him the next time. You know, if, and then if a freshman does it, you know, naturally it's, you know, I, I can't believe anybody could ever make that decision in their lives. So um, that's a hard one. You know, the, the trust that's... Build. I, I feel like you know for us, it's it's genuine and it's earned both ways. And so uh, I need to give them more time. And again, uh, somebody had asked me after the game um, against uh, Davidson, you know, what will it take me for to trust for me to trust those guys more? And that's that's not the point. Uh, you know, that's not the thought. Is my my thought is how much I do trust the guys who who start the game and who have done so well for so long. So. I think, you know, I need to give them a little bit more time so that they're, you know, just so they can play through those mistakes. You know, that's the hardest thing is you you need to be confident to play. But you need to learn how to play. And that balance is really, really tricky, especially if you're not playing 30 minutes. If you can play through your mistakes, your learning curve is going to be quicker. You're going to get over the worrying about the mistakes, and you're going to be more confident much more quickly. You're playing more substitute minutes, in for a time, out, in for a time, out. That's going to take a little bit longer. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, for, for those guys in particular, that's, that's challenging. Um, and, and I need to help them a little bit by giving them a, just a little bit more of an opportunity, especially if, if they've made a mistake.
2: Well, Isaiah certainly has a great mentor in Jacob Gilliard. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Last thought for you, Jake. This is your senior year, senior go-around. I'm sure this is not how you envisioned it unfolding with everything you guys, we are going through, the rest of college basketball is going through. How are you kind of grasping that? How are you kind of putting your hands around that as you go through this year and how difficult it is with the pandemic and difference in no crowd in the stands and games changing left and right and all of that as you play through your senior season.
5: Um, it's tough. It sucks. Um, you know, I saw a video of our home game against Davidson uh, the other day, and it was it was crazy. Just to, to imagine what the Robinson is like with with fans again. Um, that that part really stinks. Um, I feel bad. I wish I wish we were able to play in front of fans and wish my family could come to all the games and stuff like that but um you know just just trying to take it all in coach coach and me talked a little bit today about just you know taking it day by day and step by step you know just uh embracing it cuz um these these are these are moments that I'll never be able to get back and um uh, just I'm just uh thankful that I'm able to go out there and play with my with my friends and my brothers
2: you become as good a talker as you are a player, Jacob. I take That's a compliment <laughs> coming from a broadcaster now, all right?
5: I appreciate
2: it. Uh, thank you, Jacob. We will see you at the Robin Center Wednesday night against Rhode Island. Thanks. Appreciate it. You guys have take a Take care. One. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we do have some text and email questions for Coach Mooney. We'll get to those uh, in our final segment of Behind the Web, 99.5, 1027 FM, 950 AM, ESPN.
6: Things sure have changed over the last year, starting with all of us being home a whole
1: lot more. That's probably what got me thinking about home security systems. With so many choices, I wanted a home security system that made me feel confident. That's why BrightSuite
6: made so much sense. BrightSuite is from a company I already know and trust, Dominion
1: Energy. And right now, that feels pretty good. Visit BrightSuite.com to learn more. BrightSuite is an unregulated affiliate with services unrelated to those offered by Dominion Energy Virginia.
6: When buying a car, you're supposed to ask questions. Some you can answer online, but others, how blinky is the blinker? And which way do the wipers wipe? Are things only a human could know. So CarMax has ours standing by to answer questions, or in select markets, schedule a delivery, or curbside pickup, regardless if you're buying online or on our lot. But what if I change my mind? Good question. Just bring it back within a week for a full refund, because that's the way it should be. CarMax. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $750 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest price. Never pay $15 a pill for the name brand again. Get Generic Sildenafil for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-685-2383 today and save up to $650. And get 50 pills for just $99. Generic Sildenafil is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting to take your call now. Call 800-685-2383. That's 800-685-2383. Again, 800-685-2383. Whether you're now at home or still in the car, it's your morning going with the sports huddle. Bob Black joins you 8 to 10 on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
0: Keeping you up to date with Richmond basketball, this is Behind the Web on 99.5 and 1027 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Spider Sports Network.
2: Francis drives baseline, lost it, got it back. Keeps his dribble down the lane to Kale, who lays it up and in. What a tough play by Francis and Kale. Francis a three from the top of the key at the buzzer to end the first half. Francis drains
4: it right at the buzzer. Lake Francis with that sweet left-handed jumper from the top of the key knocks it home.
2: And wish we could have said, crowd is roaring as the Spiders go to the locker room. Hopefully that's coming uh, sooner rather than later down the road. Hey, Spiders are back home Wednesday night. It is a 6 o'clock game against Rhode Island. We'll have it right here on the radio at 5.30 with our pregame show. It's on CBS Sports Network on the television side on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. A couple of final thoughts uh, from Greg Beckwith and yours truly, Chris, and then a couple of texts from our fans and audience here. I couldn't help but think it after the game on Saturday night. I don't remember where you stand on this, but, you know, there is that rule in the women's game now where when you call timeout down there at the end of the game, you get the ball in the offensive zone, kind of like the NBA, and, you know, how much that could have helped on on Saturday night, uh, whether that's in your equation or out of your equation. Is that a rule that you expect or would like to see come to the men's game as well?
3: That's that's interesting, Bob, because (laughs) – when you're presented like that for Saturday, of course, <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> kind of taints your opinion, but, doesn't it? Yeah, but generally, I actually don't like the rule for uh, you know uh, for any. I don't know why you would be able to get the ball there when that's not where the ball, mm-hmm. you know, is usually inbounded. So I I kind of don't like that rule. I feel like it's artificial, um, but I wouldn't be surprised just because so many. Uh, you know, since the NBA and the women's game. I'm not sure what the international rule is on that. Um, But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do try it out one year or, you know, do it as a trial run in the postseason. And, you know, certainly I can understand, you know, the chances of getting a good shot with three seconds or less or, you know, or triple if you had the ball there rather than going the length of the court.
4: Coach, uh, give us a little pre-up-up. On uh, Rhode Island coming in, I know they had a good win last night. It was, a, I thought they got a good call down the stretch, uh, where I thought they could have lost that game uh, last night. Get to talk about their team, and they're coming into the Robinson or Wednesday.
3: Yeah, really unique team. You know, uh, Fats Russell uh, is, of course, you know the the face of the program at this point, and a great player, extremely fast, extremely, extremely aggressive. Uh, I'm sure he must be close to 2,000 points in his career um, and has been really good since he got there. And then they have a lot of guys who have transferred in, transfers from Maryland, from Syracuse, from Towson, um, a lot of high major transfers, a lot of new guys. Now, I would say they, they, they're they similar in that they're long and athletic and physical. Uh, and I think that's, you know, uh, I give uh, Coach Cox a lot of credit for being able to, you know, he's, he's recruiting a certain type of of athlete, I believe, uh, but to get those guys assimilated to be playing physical Rhode Island defense and uh, and to be athletic and and doing those things is really impressive. So, um, a lot of new faces. You know, one one older face that that everybody knows, and and Fats Russell, and a lot of new faces who are guys who are very athletic and physical.
4: Coach, my last question, and it's uh, offshoot. Uh, I'm just curious, as a coach. Did you agree with Doug Peterson's change of quarterback last night for the Eagles?
3: <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure some of the listeners can uh, can understand this, but we don't get NBC suddenly on our television. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is true happened did true. This, happen, does this happen to you? It did not happen to me
2: So unfortunately, yeah. Chris, I watched it <laughs> And I would not have taken Jalen Hurts out of the game You may want to sidestep it, but I won't And I didn't this morning either
3: He should have played the rest of that game uh, Real
2: real yeah, quick, Chris you know, Go ahead, go ahead Yeah,
3: yeah. No, no, I was, I was surprised to see it I was reading about it and I was surprised to see it for sure
2: <laughs> yeah, I, he he would have played if I if I'd been the coach. I I can tell you that real quick. I think we got about a minute. Uh, the new new tradition. Obviously, we like to finish up with Ivan's question. He texted it in, Chris. The news today from the NCAA. What do you think about the NCAA playing the entire tournament in Indianapolis?
3: Well, I think it's a great idea. I I feel like um, you know some of the some of the decisions that have been made. At, you know the one I was thought was was not a good decision was pushing the start date back. Um, Because I didn't see how it helped. Whereas this one I see is is really uh, I I I can see how much this or how much this potentially could help. One, it it just makes it a easier tournament to run, as we've seen with these interruptions during the season. You know, VCU was didn't play this weekend, uh, but then were put back on after a false positive. Um, So when those things happen. Uh, if you're trying to deal with that with eight sites around the country, um, you know that that's really difficult. It'd be difficult to get, you know, one team to another spot or make up this game or wait two days. If everybody's in the same state, I do feel like what you're preparing for is when something goes wrong, which it seems like inevitably something, or, or not wrong, but a hiccup. I think it'll be easier to address that problem if everybody's in the same state. So I think it's a great move.
2: All right. Uh, thanks, Chris. We will see you Wednesday at the Robin Center, Richmond and Rhode Island at six o'clock. Appreciate your time tonight.
3: Thanks guys. Have a great night.
2: Spider head coach, Chris Mooney, Greg Beckwith. Uh, thank you. Look forward to seeing you in person again on Wednesday night. And hopefully the spiders can turn the tables and after the close loss to the Bonnies get one against, uh, get one against Rhode Island. They had a great game last year and a win up there at URI, right?
4: Yes, sir. I look forward to it. It should be a nice game.
2: All right. Thank you, Beck. Uh, thank you to Matt Josephs. He's produced our program this evening. Again, we're on Wednesday night. Five thirty is our airtime, six o'clock game time against Rhode Island on the television side. It is on CBS Sports Network on Wednesday night at six o'clock. And again, our pregame coverage starts at five thirty Richmond and Rhode Island at the Robin Center Wednesday night. Hey, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate the emails and the texts and the tweets this evening. Uh, great questions, great conversation, and thanks to Jacob Gilliard, the Spider Senior Coach. For being our special player guest tonight. So, for Matt Josephs, for Coach Mooney, and for Greg Beckwith, Bob Black sings along for Behind the Web. We're back again next Monday night with this program. We hope you'll join us then and interact with us on the program Monday nights, 6 to 7, right here on the home of the Spiders, ESPN, Richmond, 99.5 and 1027 FM, 9.50 AM. Have a great night.
0: You've been listening to Behind the Web, featuring head men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show has been brought
1: to you by Lux Chevrolet. CarMax, BrightSweet, Food Lion, and by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: Join us Monday nights from 6 to 7 throughout the college basketball season for Behind the Web. Thanks for listening and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship stations of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. Executive producer Mitchell Bradley. This has been a presentation of Learfield IMG College in association with Richmond Sports Properties.
2: Hey gang, Bob Black here. Coming up on the Tuesday Sports Huddle, Norm Wood for the Newport News Daily Press. His first appearance in 2021. We'll talk some Hokies and Hoos and ACC sports. Join us Tuesday, 8 to 10 for the Sports Huddle. 99.5,
0: 1027 ESPN you made a lot of sacrifices of late. Boy, that's an understatement. Don't deny yourself the unique pleasure you receive listening to us. At home or on the road. If you've got a phone, you've got us. Catch up G Life. Law Firm Studios. Your personal injury attorneys.
1: 99.5 and 1027
0: ESPN. WXGI Richmond.